Three shots, four part, I just do two, one pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo, new driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you fin do? Think I'll try to get on into start right, good line, good view, it drew, shoot him, make Gavin, two thumbs that's pretty wild, man. I was like looking through it today, grabbing a couple things, and I saw like one of the reels almost sixty million. Like <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, like, so what do you do? You just shut off notifications or just throw your phone somewhere for the day when that starts to happen? The funny thing is, is I actually just recently shut off notifications. I've, uh, I like to kind of stay in touch with it, um, mm. and, and know what's going on with what, um, with the business analytics and everything that you get from Instagram. That's one thing, but to actually see the time of the day that you're getting the notifications, yeah, uh, I was getting social media geeky, but, uh, yeah, just to see the time of the day that the notifications are coming in, that's pretty beneficial, but just over the holidays there, definitely, uh, Definitely had to turn the notifications off, though. The girlfriend was uh, kind of getting annoyed with, with how often <laughs> well, cause they were like, ringing up. We've, so. we've posted, like, a couple, Bryce or I, and there's, like, I think one that Bryce had, like, half a million or something, somewhere in that range, like, just of him, like, yeah. just ripping one into the woods. And uh, yeah. for whatever reason, yeah, my phone, I just had to, like, <laughs> I was just like, man, this is, uh, this is a lot. So when I saw those, I was kind of going through, and then I saw the one that was, like, 59 million. Is that the most? Yeah, that's that's definitely the one that I've got the most views on. Um, I've got a, a couple of recent ones now that are peaking over twenty mil now. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've got I'm not <clears throat> I'm not unfamiliar to getting in the millions, but yeah. sixty million, close to sixty million, man, that's wild. That is crazy. That's, that's wild. So we just uh, we just kind of fire it up and get rolling here. If that's cool with you, Casey. That's fine, man. I'm, yeah, man. I'm ready to shoot the shit. All right, we uh, episode one nineteen, Casey from the. Uh, the real turf crew. So the most, I'll, I'll, I'll dub it as the most satisfying page in Instagram golf. I think, uh, I think a lot of people, we were just saying 60 million people, uh, agree with that. But, um, yeah, I figured I've been, I've been following the page forever. And I thought like every time you like post something, it just kind of, I'm sitting there like watching it. And then it's like, it goes through the two times or whatever. And then I got to like restart it so I can watch the reel again, two times. It's just like, it's crazy, man. But like, you would think that it's just a regular everyday thing for us golfers, but it's like truly the most satisfying thing to watch, like watching the edge of a bunker get cut or like watching a hole get cut or something like that, man. So it's uh, it's kind of cool. It's fascinating, but maybe you can just like give us an intro, Casey, who you are, kind of maybe a little bit about yourself. Doesn't always have to be uh, golf related. So if you're like really into something else, uh, you know, feel free to talk about that. We just kind of let the conversation roll, man. Yeah. So <clears throat> At this point, I'm not into anything else. I'm diehard golf, um, just dedicated, and it's not even like I'm 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 into golf. Like I'm a I'm a player for sure. I'm a two handicap, but my passion definitely lies in the turf side of things. Um, and and to be fully transparent, this is kind of rel- relevantly new for me. I've only been in the industry for seven years now. Um, there's guys out there like seven years is nothing like that's, you're not even getting a taste of what there is to learn in this industry with seven years. Um, so I've kind of used this page to, to catapult me and to give me access to some of the brightest minds in the industry. Um, if you want to deep dive into it, the way I kind of got started with it, um, well, I started I started as a, as a site supervisor for my old man's uh, like commercial uh, development company. Okay, we did 
car dealerships and hotels. Um, I thought that's what I wanted to do. I love construction. I love kind of transforming something into what it, what it can be and, and, and really like taking advantage of the potential that something might have. Um, unfortunately my old man, he passed away when I was 19. Uh, so I kind of had to take over his company. It was kind of thrown on me pretty quick. Uh, didn't realize how much stress he, he passed away of a heart attack, which I realized uh, like it was kind of self-explained to me, uh, in the following three years that I, I, I closed up five of the projects we were working on there. And I realized quickly, man, like, holy hell, that's a, that's a industry, the construction industry, especially the commercial side of things. It is stressful. Um, and as a 19 year old, I had no business taking that on. Yeah. So I finished up those jobs, just kind of out of pride for them and kind of just to finish something up for me. And, uh, then applied to school to go, like, I wanted to be a, a, like, I love golf ever since I was a kid. And I applied to school up at, uh, Georgian college in Barrie. Um, I'm in Ontario. I'm sure you're, you're in Ontario as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah, I went up to Bryce's at down in Michigan now, but we're, uh, he, um, actually, I think he worked at Cherry Downs for a period of time. So I don't know if you know Cherry Downs, but it's in, uh, yeah, the, I do. Yeah. Yeah. The so my, my, one yeah. Of super, one of the superintendents I've worked for actually has, has been a superintendent at Cherry Downs. He's yeah. Got, so they're, uh, they're well known for their greens, man. So it's, uh, they're fantastic. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, um, always something that pops up on the pod when we're talking about, uh, when we're talking about kind of, um, some of the nastiest greens we played, I play at Port Hope. So it's, uh, we're not getting away from them, man. We're in, uh, we're in trouble. He kind of grew up in trouble and he can't putt. And that's one of the things we joke about is like, it's probably just because, uh, he was at Cherry and now I'm at Port Hope. Luckily I can roll it pretty well, but it's tough, man. Those courses will beat you up, but, uh. No, yeah, we're we're lucky in Ontario. That's for sure. We do oh, have yeah. some 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 really good uh, some really good greens up here, and we're able to kind of produce some some good quality product for for the golfers. Um, but yeah, so what I was saying was, like, I went up there for a golf management degree program, which is essentially uh, it was a four year degree program. Then I think they've diluted it down to a two year okay kind of diploma now. Um, <clears throat> but the whole process of that, I wanted to be a director in golf. I thought I could be a, a head pro somewhere and i thought that that was the life um i was young and uh kind of just i guess i kind of had that 70s look on it where like back in the day when those golf pros were were just kind of hanging around with all the ladies and yeah <laughs> and and giving lessons to whoever they wanted to and, and cashing in and going and playing golf and then i quickly learned that that's not the case nowadays those guys are those guys have a pretty tedious job man and like like they actually like the, the pros I've worked around, they've played less golf than my superintendents. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they don't play much golf, man. They dedicate a lot of hours. And, and as, as much as some, some guys might want to say like the, the head pro, all he does is play golf. Not from my experience, man, that guy doesn't get many, many opportunities to go out there. So I was given kind of, we were kind of given a layout where it was like the first year we did a turf, program like it was co-op based so we did turf co-op second year we were supposed to do a food and beverage third summer we were going to do a pro shop kind of all over co-op <clears throat> and i did my first year um co-op and i've been in the turf department man and i fell in love i was like holy hell i can i can blend my love for construction 
with my love for golf. And I was like, this is the end of it, man. Yeah. This is the end of it. And luckily I was working with some guys that, uh, and like, I was able to see it's like, I guess as a kid, man, like, and, and you might, you might be able to relate to this as a kid playing on these golf courses, I was members and stuff. And I grew up seeing the superintendent as kind of like a bit of a dirty job, like yeah. as if like it was as if it was like a secondary. You didn't need to like if you did if you ran out of options, you could always be the superintendent at your local golf course. That's and I'm ashamed now looking back, but that's how I kind of seen it as a kid. I was like, oh wow, that guy's just the superintendent, not knowing that that guy's actually making ninety to one hundred and ten thousand dollars a year. He might look scrubby, but and he gets to play golf every day at three thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> I've never seen that. I just yeah. kind of seen him as a scrubby. So it was never appealing to me as a kid. And uh, when I seen that in co op, I was like, I just took off on it, man. And and Whoa. I convinced the school that I didn't have to do food and beverage, didn't have to do pro shop co op, and I just dedicated myself from that first year on to turf and. That so they kind of like when, to, when you were doing your degree, they kind of like let you roll with it. Is it is this similar to like what PGM would be like now, like uh, pro golf management for anybody like in the uh, Canadian like college system? Is it similar to that, or it's a uh, it's a bit deeper? So I don't want to say it is because I've heard those are pretty strict on on what you need to kind of check off right uh, on the boxes. So I, I don't want to say it is this program. It was called a BAGM, so it was a Bachelor's of Administration in Golf Management. And I don't want to, by any means, it was not easy convincing these yeah. guys to give me my credits in the following two terms when I wasn't doing food and beverage and pro shop. It was very strict in their policies that that's what I needed to do in order to attain these credits. But I explained to them, like, you guys are going to force me to drift away from the career path I know that I'm going to take. Yeah. For what reason? I'm going to waste experience in these two summers doing serving people food and, and drinks in the back shop or in whatever, and then doing back shop shifts and, and, and doing pro shop shifts. It's a waste of my time when I can be learning under some of the most talented guys in the industry, in the turf industry. Yeah. And I knew, right? Like, dude, I knew, I knew in my first week that, this industry was just perfect for me. It was, I fell in love, man. And, and I, I, and that's the whole goal of my page and, and for fellow pages like mine, like we just want to show people like, yeah, this industry is awesome, man. And, and if you love golf, being a pro is pretty difficult, dude. <laughs> uh, so if you love golf and you want to surround yourself with golf and you want to make some good money and, and in some instances you can get winners off. Um, so it's it's a good career and and I, that's I just want to kind of show that to people man that's my goal. So like what do you got what do you typically do like so if you're like I don't know if you connect with like a lot of like junior golfers and stuff right now at the course so if you're if you got somebody who's kind of interested in it when they come in kind of work at the shop a lot of you know a lot of the past like we typically every third week or so we have like a PGA Tour Canada or Epson Pro lady, uh, one of the ladies on or one of the pros in PGA Tour Canada NCAA players like they've all worked at a course or something right and that's kind of how they got into golf that's how they started playing a lot of golf so if you you know if you ever have any like younger you know men or ladies boys or girls coming up to you kind of talking about it do you have like a way that you sort of uh kind of get them set up to get into this field because it seems like it's almost 
accessible only like from what you're saying, Casey, is kind of like when you go to school, you'd have to like pick up on that, like that turf interaction, so to speak, and like fall in love with that aspect of it and then kind of find your way from there. Yeah. So that's the funny thing is like you, by me telling you my story is, yeah, you would think so. Right. But that's just how I found it. Right. I still started as a bottom line greenskeeper like a kid that could have just came out of high school and dropped his application off at a golf course because his parents said you have to apply to six jobs this weekend or else i'm not paying your cell phone yeah <laughs> like i'm that i could have been i'm the equivalent to that kid when i applied for that co-op position man so like it, you don't need anything to get into the industry you just need a you just need the the interest in it man right. you just need the ambition you need some hard work you need to be able to you need the work ethic because it's not easy out there well it's getting up early. like gotta, a, a lot of times too you're up early right so like i'm an early golfer and and i see uh like jeff out at the course here at port hope he's out there with his dog bauer all the time and they're out uh like we're starting at 6 30 a.m if we can where i think we're 6 26 where we are and then uh you know, they're out kind of a couple holes in front of us, kind of getting all the pins in, getting the sprinklers going, whatever it is. And, and it's early, man, it's an early start. And then sometimes like all, you know, if I, if I'm free to go back out and play uh, an emergency nine or another secondary 18 or whatever it may be, like I might see him kind of wrapping up at the end of the day. He doesn't play a ton of golf. I was lucky enough to play around with him, but it's funny you say that too. Cause like the GM at our course, he's just like, just kind of over golf, right? Just kind of around it all the time. He doesn't golf that much. He plays in like our club C and that's about it. But it's kind of, uh, it's kind of just one of those things where if you are truly like in love with it and, you know, maybe there's something to that like pro lifestyle of having to like swing a club all day or kind of teach it that you don't want to go out there and swing it for yourself. But if you're putting a lot of pride into, you know, building the course, taking care of it, you know, keeping it up, you might want to go out and, uh, shoot a little bit more, right? It might be more encouraging to go do that and take advantage oh, of like what you've built or what you're kind of building. Right. So it's, um, Dude, as a cup setter, as a cup setter, you, you're out there setting pins one day. I can't tell you, like there's been, there's been mornings I've woken up and been like, there's not a chance I'm golfing today <laughs> and found out that I'm cutting, setting pins and I'll go out there and set just the most delicate, just beautiful layout out there because you literally as a, as a pin setter you get to decide how that golf course plays an architect back in the day laid it out but you get to decide how it played because most courses the guy who's setting the pin sets the tees so i get to decide where you're teeing off from what your yardage is i get to decide the difficulty of your approach shot and man, there's been so many mornings where I've woken up and been like, I'm not playing golf today. And then I step pins and by the, the seventh hole, I'm like calling the pro shop. Like, is there any openings up at like two 30 when I'm off? Like <laughs> I got to play. Some I, golf I love that, man. So. I love that. And like, I was thinking too, as we were kind of chatting, I like saw a couple of things pop up for the waste management. I, I thought about all the videos last year, like kind of leading up to that. And one of them was on, uh, on hole number 12, uh, or is it 16 there? 16. And, uh, 16. Yeah, so there was a guy out there, and it's just like the only time it was silent is a guy like setting the pin, drops the cup in, and then like picks up his like just like his uh, toolbox or whatever you want to call it, and then everybody just started cheering. Man, it was like the coolest reel ever. I gotta like go back and try and find it, but it like is no, that I got, I've got I've got a couple of them posted on my page if you want to find them real quick. Uh, one was posted just a couple of days ago. Yeah, but, it's uh, so good. Yeah, man, man that, that is was that like, the most uh, satisfying like... piece for you, Casey? Like setting the pins. 
man, that's tough. It's a tough call. Man, um, it's the best. I can tell you like actually love this. Like it's so it's so great. Like I can tell like Yeah, it's this, it's pretty yeah. fun, man. And coming from somebody who's like literally like I've I've I'm on I've honestly like I dedicated myself to the construction industry and thought that's what I wanted to do, man. And like just seven years later being this in love with something and like you said, these early mornings, man, being able to wake up in these early mornings and actually like taking like being excited. Yeah. That's it's it's awesome. But back to your question it's tough to decide what your favorite part is when you can like when you start mowing nice straight lasers that's a tough one man and like when you're cutting fairways and yeah whether it's whether it's a nice shaped cut or, or whether you're doing a um a shadow cut which is where you've got the dark on the one side and the light on the other side like whichever way you're doing cutting is fun man when you're when you're out there mowing you look back at your work and that's one thing I tell my guys to, and then it was nice that they picked up on it. It's like, you're, you're not actually taking pride in your work and you're not really a greenskeeper. You're just an, a, an employee or a landscaper unless you drive away and, and look back and give that yeah. little check back. Like, Ooh, damn, look at those lines. <laughs> All so, right. Yeah. It's tough, man. When, when, when from a player's aspect, Pin setting for sure because okay. I get to control how that golf course plays. But as a as a turf lover, I gotta say the most satisfying thing is is cutting some grass. <laughs> All right, so we got I got a couple of questions. So I'm I'm thinking here of like you know you're watching a Jays game or they're like in San Francisco or something like that. You get that drone shot and it's got all like the checkered grass or like it's got the designs like with the Diamondbacks are always doing that and stuff like that. So yep. that would essentially be like what a shadow cut is. No, so the, I call that diamond cut. Okay, all right, all There's right. There's a bunch so I, of names know, for it. I know but a little I call something. That diamond yeah. cut. In order to in order to achieve that diamond cut, you essentially just cut stripes. Okay, and then cut like right after cut stripes on a forty-five from that. Yeah, and it'll give you that diamond look. And then you got to like golf leave courses, that gap. You don't often yeah. see it on golf. Yeah, so you don't often see it on golf courses because like that's a lot of man hours for us to double right. cut a fairway. Yeah. Um, and when we double cut greens, we don't want that checkered pattern because it's it's just visually not appealing. Right. Um, when we double cut greens, we go back and forth over our same lines, or we can kind of we can we can make it a, a a consistent one solid pattern where we get it going in the same direction the whole way. Yeah. Which they do at the Masters, right? So that when you land your ball in, the greens all kind of point in the same way. When you land your ball and it allows yeah. for the for the ball to reciprocate backwards. Same with when they're hitting their drives out there at the Masters. All that grass, you see those those uh, the flying V pattern yeah. mowers. So they're all cutting in the same direction to make the grass grow this way. And when your ball lands, it, it doesn't allow it to roll out as far. People are conquering, like these guys are conquering the PGA, the the, the Masters, the uh, like at Augusta. They're conquering that course yeah. every year. So the slightest thing that they can do to dial up back the yardages that they gain, and like the mowing techniques that they use at the Masters, I can't wait to get out there. I will be using everything I can to be getting out there. But um, that's yeah, wild, man. I've never like, that. like I've never heard of anything like that. So like I played golf my whole life and around the course all the time, like play as many rounds a year as I can, but, uh, that's something that I've never heard. Like I've never actually heard like the science that kind of goes into it to say, okay, like the courses are getting a little bit, yeah. 
I love that. So man. like, I'll give you an example. Like, like there's so I, so that's another thing that I kind of, and I want to get that out there is like that. I pride myself on with my brand here is the turf industry can get really intimidating. Man. Like there's a lot of science and a lot of nerdy. I don't Yeah, I'm going to say nerdy shit yeah. that can go on in, in the industry and it can get intimidating and people can feel like they need a PhD in order to, in order to accomplish anything. But, my approach is kind of showing them that you don't there's resources out there in this industry that allow you to to get there this the grass thing you learn pretty quickly but just as an example to to relate to you there we've got one green at my golf course it's kind of downhill and it's 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 mounded it's like a turtle's back okay and anything you land on that green rolls off the back solid so one thing that I did was I just upped the height of cut on that green. And every time we cut it, we cut it towards the fairway so that the grass just, we do have to switch it up every now and then or else you're going to create some wilting, but you kind of just force it to grow that way. And anytime those balls land in there, it holds them up a little bit more and, and prevents them from rolling off the back of the green. That's just like a simple, yeah, like, like, MacGyver almost hack to to accomplishing playability for your members, right? And there's there's so many things that you can do, and that's why I love love this industry so much. Man. Yeah, man. <laughs> See, Corey, Sean, these guys aren't all assholes, man. They're trying to they're trying to help us out, man. They're trying to like, you know, because like we got a couple spots. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with our tracker at Port Hope. So it's um it's like the fifth or sixth oldest course in Canada, man. It's so old, 1893, I think. So it's back there. And um, you can tell a couple, like the couple of the original greens were kind of built back in the day when, you know, things were a little bit longer, right? Greens were a little, grass was a little fuzzier and stuff like that. So it's, uh, some of them can get pretty nasty, like middle of the summer, trying to hold a, trying to hold a green can be pretty tough. So I know um, it's a short course. I think it's 64 and change, 65, but like we had a, Toronto players tour event out there. There's one guy under par, like I've driven, uh, probably four or five of the greens. And I remember the first one I drove like number 10 and made par. Um, I four putted on a green that I've driven on number 15. So it's, uh, it's tough, man. Like it's, it's tough and I roll it pretty well. So it can be, it can be a little tricky depending on where the pin is and whatnot. So it's kind of one of those things where you're like, man like was was jeff having just a morning here and he kind of set us up this way or you know i like they want to have some fun with it too right like we have like some of those events where they'll kind of throw them in like crazy spots and i know um i don't know if you're familiar with copetown woods out by like hamilton they're really really beautiful track and i know they do uh super pete the guy's named super pete and they um they kind of do like an event where they stick like the pins like right over by like the the corner or something like that or it'll be like right in between that a bunker or something it'll be like really nasty and it's kind of fun to go play those events too right but it's uh it's nice to hear that you guys are thinking about the golfers and kind of trying to protect us out there because it's there's a stigma out there saying you guys are uh beating us up when you're out there first thing in the morning but it's you can tell it's like a deep passion casey like you can tell like you are truly like in love with the game and like trying to kind of connect with it and think about the golfer's experience, right? Cause it's for like you and your team and stuff like that. There's like a lot of pride that would have to go into it, man. Like you say, you want to like kind of look back and check out the cool, like, you know, check out your work behind you. Right. And like, that's how, you know, that's, that's sweet, man. So, um, is that kind of like what got you to build the page? Like I wanted to ask you that. So the page is like, 
successful, I guess, if you call that, you know, in an Instagram world, right? You guys got a ton of followers. You guys have, like we were saying, a couple reels with like 60, nearly 60 million views, a bunch of them over a million views. So people are obviously really liking it. It kind of floats out everywhere. I see people reposting, resharing things. You know, I know you're doing the same. So was it something where you were just trying to like bring more awareness to kind of like what you guys are doing? Like what, uh, you know, what the, I don't know. I got to find like a name, a really like cool name for you guys. Cause it's not just a greenskeeper. It's not just like, you know, a super or anything like that. You guys are like, you guys are doing God's work out here on these courses, man. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's where like, I like to put the twist on it, but <clears throat> Like I know we're often referred to as the turf crew, but that's where I kind of came up with the, the, the real turf crew um, <clears throat> was to kind of give us a name to separate us from the kind of old school view of greenskeepers yeah. where it was either like that wasn't an ideal um, career path or superintendent of a golf course where it's like that's just too intimidating of a career path with the right. science and everything that you need to know behind the agronomy. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to kind of meet in the middle. I know crew is like bringing everybody together. I wanted, I knew I wanted to develop a community, but, um, looking way back, man, when I was in construction, I was an Instagram follower. Like I was that shadow guy that like never posted anything on my personal account. Right. Like people would see something from me every six months on my personal account, but I'm watching everything and I've got, I'm following my favorite brands. I'm following my favorite companies just to see what's going on. And I felt like it was kind of a good way to immerse myself in it. And in construction, there's so many, so many Instagram pages out there that I could follow and get ideas from. And when I got into turf, I started looking for that and there was nothing, man came up empty. And so like I'm in school for business at the time, and in business, it teaches you, like, you need to find a niche. If you're going to start a business, you need to start, you need to find a niche. Right. And the whole time I'm learning about the niche before I started this and everything, I'm like, there's no more niches out there. Like, what are you talking about a niche? Like, everybody has done everything twice. Like, there's no, there's no niches left out there. But then I, I started this, fell in love with it. And I think it was in my second year as a greenskeeper that I, like, really started started to get frustrated with it and started to post a few pictures to my personal page. And then I had some buddies from, from high school reach out to me and they're like, man, what do you think? You're some kind of photographer now. And I'm like, ah, fuck. All right. I'm going to make, <laughs> I'm going to make a fucking other Instagram page. Sorry for swearing, but I'm going to make okay, another man. Instagram page here. And, uh, it's so that these guys don't like see it on my personal page all yeah. the time. And I already had the idea of the turf crew. Um, but there was already somebody that took the turf crew on Instagram. So I switched her up to the real turf crew. And honestly, man, I just like, I started out first by like, I wanted to lean into it by showing appreciation to the PGA tour, uh, crews out there. Like those guys are amazing, man. Like it's like, I don't know if you understand what's going on there, but it's like at those events for the PGA tour, man, it's, it's like their base core of guys are like 20 to 25 guys. And that might even be highballing it. And then they bring in like 75 to sometimes a hundred volunteers to get it done. And they're still calling on pretty much the same superintendents and assistant superintendents to organize that and how it pulled off. So like 
that that shit's magical what they do for the PJ Tour and and all those other pro, uh, professional events. So yeah, I wanted to show homage to them, and yeah, man, it was like I think I was ten posts in, and I just started blowing up. I I started getting follower after follower. And, um, yeah, it, it blew up a lot quicker than I thought it was going to, man. I, I honestly was just kind of using it as a as a hobby. Yeah, and then I realized, like, man, this you can actually build a community out of this. You can highlight yeah. how amazing this industry is. Um, this is an opportunity to kind of to showcase this this opportunity for everybody, and and let's see if we can make a roll. And I, I've dove into it. I've I've had a few people work with me since then, but. Like that's the thing with it is like it's tough to get people interested long term. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough. Uh, unfortunately, to say that um, guys, I guess, drift off and they don't seem to think that uh, the opportunities are there. But I'll tell you right now, I've, I'm working and I'm speaking to some of the biggest names in the industry right now, and I've got some pretty big plans for this year. <laughs> so, would you it's attribute gonna, a lot of that, Casey, to like? the use of social media and being able to kind of connect with people. Cause like we said, we're up here, uh, we're in the Toronto area, like in, and so, um, like we're going to probably talk a little bit about the off season, that kind of stuff, like things you might do in the off season, but are you using social media to connect with a lot of other people? You think it's just like you've been able to just from traveling around other courses? No, 100% social media is like the, it's the, it's the cornerstone to everything here, man. Like I, so like I, I'm running to be a, so I'm an assistant superintendent right now. Right. Um, but my superintendent's, uh, kind of on his way out. So I'm, 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 I'm running most of the, the crew, but it's seven years in, man, like that's, that's pretty fast. And right. I can only account that to anything other than the people I've met on this, on this, like through, through my social media page, like there's, so many guys and i'm not i'm not shy i reach out i ask questions uh i I, although i might have a page with 30 plus thousand followers or whatever i'm not pretending to know everything and i don't think there's anybody and that's the cool thing about this industry i don't think there's anybody in this industry that pretends to know everything so asking questions is not frowned upon at all i ask questions all the time and i've learned so much from the people that i've been able to connect with on uh through this page mac here from manscape let's take a quick break from the pod i'm a beard guy i got a big beard so i am happy to introduce the beard hedger from our friends over at manscaped with 20 different lengths you can look good from the cart path to the clubhouse shop manscaped.com using the promo code ots golf for 20 percent off plus free shipping manscaped.com using the promo code ots golf 20 percent off plus free shipping enjoy the back nine i know you, you mentioned uh like the craziest things I've found on the golf course or whatever. And, and honestly, man, and it's like, wasn't even within two weeks of me starting at my first golf course that I found a used condom on the golf course. Okay. Right by the halfway hut, just a used condom. And I'm like, I'm still like, I'm experienced. Like I'm a partier or whatever. Like I did my shit in college and I still found that to just be absolutely wild right out in the open. There's no shelter for them to be doing whatever they were doing, but there's just like a fully yeah used condom on the ground. Um, so that was, that's probably the most disgusting thing I've seen. Um, I don't know if that's going to make it into the clip or not. Cause that's a little <laughs> vulgar, 
it's uh it's pretty hard to believe man it's like first of all yeah it's just one of those things like yeah if that's your thing you're out there kind of you know hats off to you or hats on i guess but you know if, if that's your thing man it's like just find the waste bin find whatever it is throw it out but uh yeah i don't don't leave it in the bunker man like <laughs> and that's the other thing is when i when we called it into my superintendent uh and we were like hey man we just found a, a condom and in the greenside bunker on eight he's like there isn't any ass prints in that bunker is there <laughs> thankfully fuck there wasn't <laughs> but, <laughs> i like um, it man hey it's it's kind of one of those things where like no matter what you're gonna find some of the weirdest shit like it's just like it's uh you don't expect to find anything out there other than other than golf clubs or yeah. head covers or and you just want to bring those back to the pro shop but uh, you ever find you, any like you ever find any like scotties or anything like that i know uh all the time man. i saw i saw so, like at my at my first course all the time but there's like a just like golf and it's in its name man you got to have that honor system and yeah man i i pity anybody that doesn't return that scotty or that putter or anything even the head cover man return that to the pro shop man you're not bagging that shit yeah, it's kind of, I found enough stuff like on the course and I, like I'm a big believer in like the karma of the golf gods, man. Like I've got one oh, of the coolest yeah. stories and I've told it so many times on the pod. Like I had my little guy's like three months old at the time. I made a hole in one and he was out of the course well, with okay. it. And well, that changes our relationship already. Dude. Yeah. It's like. He's it, how old? He was like three months. He was not playing. I was just out there pushing him around like a degenerate father, had him in the stroller and I made an ace and it was great because like I had a. I had a couple others with me, but he could witness that. And it was like, it's kind of like one of those like really cool stories that I'll have forever. But I feel like I must've done something good on the golf course, or I must've done something good along the way to be able to have that experience. Right. Cause like, yeah, man, you can, uh, like I've seen people like take a chunk out of the green and stuff like that. And you just think like, I don't know that their game, they're never going to get to experience anything like that, man. The golf no. gods are true. Well, you just, real. you like, simply yeah. just don't appreciate it as much as you should. Yeah. 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 So anything but, uh, that you've uh, like uh, you've seen out there, anything else that you found that you uh, that like remembers any like any, any that you can remember any like clubs? Like, are or we trying to keep it PG? Because like so like <laughs> it's it's okay, man. I'm good. I'm good with it. You go with yeah. You go with it. You go with it. All right. So uh, the one course I, I I started working at there, we had some high end members, and one of them was an NHL former NHL player. Okay. Um, played for probably seventeen of the. 30 NHL teams at the time. So you can imagine what kind of guy he was. Okay. Yeah. Um, and one time, so he plays past us and he was an asshole to the greens crew, always hitting up on us and shit. And, uh, one time he, he does hit up on us. We're renovating a fairway bunker on, on a par five and he hits it right, right towards us. Doesn't give a shit. Doesn't wait for us to move, but it's expected out of this guy. He gets up, plays, um, 15 minutes later, he comes flying through down from the par three a ways away, flying through the fescue area that's naturally protected, just drives right through it in the cart, right towards us. And I look at the couple rookies that are with us, and I'm like, okay, guys, just keep your mouth shut, and whatever he asks, just, like, I'll answer it. And So he pulls up, he goes, and he's frantic. He's like, boys, you guys find an Altoids can anyway, anywhere? I was like, an Altoids can? You lose your fucking weed, man? 
And he's just like, oh, no, pal, it's a little bit more expensive than weed. And I was like, oh, no, man, I didn't find no Altoids can. So he drives off past us towards the T-Deck. We're literally wrapping up that. He drives, like, as we're moving on to the greenside bunkers, he drives past us over to the par 4 T-Deck and meets up with his buddies. And right at the par 3 T-Deck, we find an Altoids can. Did we get to find out Dude. what's in the Altoids? I wish I was like, I wish I was better at editing because I'd be like, oh, who was it? And then I'd just drop like a beep over top of it. And I would just like, that's that's about as far. I'd have to like search back to find this clip. But do we get to know what was in the can or is that, uh, is that for like next? This is like OTS golf after dark or something like that, I feel. Yeah, like. you can maybe put this on after dark, but it, yeah. it was like, I don't know. You've seen Scarface. Yeah, man. It was a, yeah, it was a little, it was a little <laughs> homage to Al Pacino there, I think, yep. in, in, the, in the Altoids can. Yeah, it's been like, um, uh, unfortunately, like, so when you describe the type of hockey player that he probably was, there's been like a lot of connection between the two, right? So, and that's yeah. an unfortunate thing, like the, or the, I guess the enforcer past or whatever you want to call it, like the NHL, exactly you know, it, kind of yeah. mentality past, right? So that's, uh, that's wild though, man. And like. I know green, well, the turf crew don't like you driving through that protected fescue either, right? So that's a, that's a tough spot, man. That's a tough spot for them to be. But any, like, clubs or anything that stick out to you, Casey? Like, anything where you're just like, man, I can't believe somebody left this behind or anything? We've actually yeah, had this, so uh, we had this company come on uh, a little while back. They're called Club Catchers. So it's like, uh, you know, the Arcos tabs that go on the end of the, yeah. end of the club? So they have those. And it's like, you can set up a... Like it's Bluetooth to your phone. So if you like walk away from your clubs, it'll, it'll ding them. So my friend Curtis, I don't know if he listens to the pod. Sometimes he does on the way into work and stuff like that. I got to get him a set of these because they screw in kind of like the Arcos caddy or whatever it is. And then, uh, they let you know if you drive away. So maybe limit as they get bigger, might limit some club loss, but anything that you've kind of gone or come across that you're like, man, I got to find the owner for this one. Yeah. So <clears throat> We, uh, uh, like, like, so the first, like, just, uh, I, I, like I said, I don't want to kind of give away the names of the clubs I've worked at just yeah. because I, I do want to be able to tell these stories and I don't, I want to kind of keep it discreet, but I'll give you the bare minimum. Of it. I think I've worked at a private golf course and I've worked at a public golf course, the private golf course, man, so many better stories <laughs> as you could probably assume. Of course, man. Um, of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so like at the at the private course, man, we we used to host uh, host some pretty decent sized tournaments with some big names, and um, yeah, like one time I found this like I can't tell you what kind of Scotty Cameron it was, man, but it was as custom as I've ever seen anything, and it had the head cover on it and everything. I eBay looked it up on eBay, and it was a one of ten head cover. Yeah. yeah. Selling for like $3,500 on eBay. And yeah, like that's the one that sticks out in my mind where I'm like, how the hell? And it's on the 17th green. Like, did you hole out on 18, bro? Yeah. Did you just, you just hold out on 18? We're like, no putter needed. Guys, yeah. Meet you at the bar. You got a $4,000, $5,000 putter sitting on 17 green. <laughs> and he's the last group of the day. So I'm guessing he might've been leading. But I don't know, man. Yeah, so like I found that the next morning. Yeah, maybe somebody loops. dunked it or something like that, and they. Uh, that's I had to scramble or that's something, what we right? Yeah, yeah. Because like Buddy obviously didn't need his putter, or he stuck it to two inches and banged her in with his wedge, maybe. But 
yeah, yeah I so would, uh... i found that the next morning and i was like that thing's that thing's gold and i dude i didn't even i went and told the pro shop about it and i'll be honest i didn't trust the kids that were working in the pro shop that morning so i yeah. told them about it and said contact the the organizers of that event and let them know i found this scotty and gave them the pictures and I went held it in the turf barn because I was like, these little teenagers, man, they might. <laughs> or even, man, shit. even <laughs> just like if they got it sitting around on the on the desk or something like that, it's not even that. Like if they have it sitting around and somebody comes in, they might like swipe it or whatever, right? Like I'm I'm rolling like a 2012 honey dip and I've sent it down to my friend Custom Clubs. You know Custom Clubs? You follow his page at all? Man, so yeah, I do follow custom yeah. clubs. And I've reached out to him, and I, I, I really want to, I really want to get in contact with that guy. Yeah, that guy's uh, awesome, man. I love the work he does. He, uh, he's amazing. So tell Max and you, he did my. Uh, well, I've got some of his divot tools and stuff. Uh, I can't reach him right now, but um, some of his like new tools and stuff. He sent me up a brush and stuff. I dropped a reel like last uh, last couple of weeks. It's man, his stuff's awesome. So check out custom yeah. clubs. We've had him on the podcast before. So. Um, but yeah, like he redid my putter. It's a 2011 Delmar honey dip. Uh, so now it's like he essentially dropped in a bucket, did his thing where he sticks it to a piece of copper, opens his garage, garage door. That's how he explains it to me. So it doesn't blow up, does his like osmosis or whatever it is, his science. And uh, and yeah, so I got a one of a kind now. So it's essentially priceless to me, right? So no, if I ever sure. lost something like that, I would be distraught, man. So hats off to you for... Uh, yeah, golf gods are looking out for you, Casey, for getting that back to the owner. Well, let's uh, hope so, man. I yeah. still don't got that ace, so let's hope Damn. they're looking out for me, man. I, I set I set pins, I manicure that goddamn golf course, and, <laughs> and they still haven't given me an ace, but they So one <laughs> thing, yeah, one thing that we do have is within a couple days, we have one that's like a couple days after, we have two within a few days. We've uh, we've spoken a couple whole ones into existence here, so um, Let's do it. I think it's coming for you, man. I definitely do think it is. Uh, Kevin Gordon, he's a PGA Tour Canada player. Zach Vimenet's got one. Uh, he is PGA Tour LA. Lauren Zaretsky is one of the best young female golfers in Canada. She's at Texas A&M. She played in the CP Women's Open. She got an ace in her first LPGA Tour event <laughs> round yeah, right yeah. after coming on the pod, man. So it's like I believe there is something there. Uh, we got a couple. Right. Of, we got a couple others too, man. So it's coming. If I've met anybody so far, man, you deserve it because I'm pretty sure Zach had only a couple, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, Gordo had a couple. I think he's got a few. So some of these guys are just so good, man. They just uh no. they just find it. But it's no. um yeah, if you're kind of setting them, taking care of them, it's it's time. You deserve it. I had a I had a hole out too this year, but it's just not the same, man. Like it's just uh No, it's not. See, that's just yeah. it, man. Like I've got I've got a hole out from over two hundred yards. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Albatross. Terrible drive. Oh terrible okay. drive. Yeah. Terrible drive to like a hundred yards off the tee and just top the shit out of it and yeah. man hold out for an eagle on a par five from like 207 yards out when i was i think 17 yeah that's like are you kidding me that's <laughs> that's my biggest moment but like that's that's two fucking hole in ones is it not yeah. that's gotta be like, yeah I, I play 112 yard par threes all the time and i almost yeah. did twice that like yeah, I but got one when I was a kid. Come. I'm pretty confident. I got one when I was young, and it's still that like gray area. I think I was like 11 or 12, and it was like it was short. It was 110 or 20 yards or something. It's still kind of it's a hole in one, man. But when I uh, like the one out here at Port Hope, it's number six. It faces the water, and it's like 
is like into the wind. It's a very beautiful home, man. So Port Hope is only one of six on the Ontario, on Lake Ontario. Like it's, it's one of the most scenic courses in Ontario. It's so beautiful. And uh, it's the best hole in the course. And it was like very, very lucky to get it. Very, uh, very happy I did. But uh, yeah, man, we love to speak them into existence because get a hole in one is like, yeah, it's, it's like oh, it's... an experience that you just never have, man. And it would be, I don't know. You do all the most fascinating things on the course and it's the most fascinating golf shot. So it's kind of got to happen for you. It's got to, man. It's got yeah. to, but hold on. As, as rewarding as I think it may be for golfers that, that dedicate themselves to the game, man, for, for a guy that dedicates himself to the course, yeah. it's pretty rewarding to get that hole in one, man. Yeah. I only know a handful of greenskeepers and superintendents that have gotten hole in ones. And it's, yeah, it's pretty high up there, dude. <laughs> yeah. Can I, uh, can I pivot here? Can I ask you, Casey, some of the things that like, you seem like a pretty easy going laid back guy, but like you get out on the yeah. course, you're doing all this hard work, man. You're like kind of making this thing beautiful. Anything you come across where you're just like, you know, it just kind of grinds your gears a little bit. It's just kind of, you can tell like there's obviously things like, you know, people taking chunks out of the green and stuff where you can tell people don't respect the course, but anything that really like kind of does it for you guys. And it's hard to repair. It kind of takes a lot of time that people might not know if they're listening to the pod. Um, so yeah, when it comes to, I'm just gonna be fully transparent here. When it comes to to turf and stuff, like yeah, we like to bitch and like uh, I'm glad you said I'm laid back and easy going because like a lot of turf guys that might listen to this are gonna be like, yeah, I know, fucking shut up, dude. But like grass grows back, dude. Yeah, grass grows back unless you go out there with a cart and start doing donuts and shit and wrecking our fairways and shit. Divots. When it comes to divots. Like, if you replace it or if you don't, it's common courtesy to replace it. But if you don't, man, we've got processes in place already. 90% of the golf courses out there have processes in place to, to take care of those that that type of damage. Ideally, you guys contribute and you, you fix or fill, either replace your divot or fill your divot if you got seed and sand mix provided. You do that. That's common courtesy. And you know what that's going to get you? That's going to get you a hole in one. Yeah, down the line, right? So, but all in all, we can fix that. It's the guys that go out there and take fat chunks and aggressive, angry retaliation slashes at the turf, deep cutting it, where like we can't lay seed and sod, or like, yeah, we can't lay seed and sand down on it, or else it's just going to be a cavity in the ground. Um, greens, yeah, don't be hacking away at the greens. Yeah. But, Outside of turf, man, like like there's not many things you can do in turf that really disrupt us too much. When you don't rake your bunker, we rake it probably the next day or the following day anyways. And if we only decide to rake, if your superintendent only wants to rake your bunkers twice a week and you go in it on one of the days that we didn't rake your bunkers and it's a fucking disaster you can't blame us. You can blame your fellow member that didn't rake after himself the day before. Yeah. Like that's just what we have accounted for. Um, so outside of that stuff, man, it's like walking out of the high side of the bunker. That pisses me off. Like, yeah, I could, I could totally see lip. that. Yeah. Yeah. You got a high lip on a, on a green side bunker and, and, and the member walks in, plays a shot from, from, from the far side of the bunker and walks 17 yeah. feet through the bunker and jag legs their step their step up onto the green shredding the shit out of our our lip 
Like that's a pain in the ass. Cause I don't think that's probably the most difficult thing to reestablish is bunker edges and to maintain bunker edges because constantly in order to keep those sharp, like a lot of people by mistake will just keep edging them and they just keep getting bigger and bigger. Right. And although the members for a while are like, Oh, it looks so good. Sharp like that. Yeah. Yeah. Four years from now, you're coming back to us complaining because these bunkers are 10 times bigger than they were before. Yeah. Stop walking out the high side. It's like unnatural <laughs> erosion too. Yeah. In. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about pet peeves though. It's leaving the bunker rakes in the, in the bunkers, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's my pet peeve. I got a question That's to a ask you, peeve. like throughout the pandemic, I got buddies here. I don't want to call anybody out, but if they're listening, they definitely know who they are. Like, so nobody was raking the bunkers. Like the green screw weren't, not, not as many people are working. So that was kind of the idea. I guess bunkers kind of get left behind a little bit. And so everybody's picking their ball up out of the bunker. Like, what's the opinion on that? Was that a, was that a real thing? Was that, was that like, who started that? Man, I was at a, I was at the private course during this. So that's, I'm kind of foreign to that. Yeah. Um, we raked our bunkers religiously during COVID because we didn't provide rakes for the guys. Well, and that was kind of the idea. So maybe it was at, uh, like we're at a private course too. So at the time, like where, where he was playing. So, um, that was kind of the idea. There's no rigs. We don't got to play out of the bunkers. And I was like, yeah, but we did have that issue. Now that you mentioned it, we did have that issue with members. And I guess like my superintendent, he just said like, whatever, like you guys cheat if you want to cheat, but like, we don't get to decide the rules. Yeah. Um, we got a 14 handicap as a, is a scratch this year because there's no bunker player or something like that over the course of the year, man. That's just shedding, shredding stroke. I can't even talk. Yeah. I'm just shedding strokes. I just, I never understood it, man. Cause like, I like, that's kind of my game, right? Is like, I'm like clean around the greens. Like I, I roll it really well. Like I got a good short game. So I was always like, I don't know, man, I don't want to give up as many strokes as I normally do or whatever it is. If we're not playing out the bunkers, that's kind of where I make up a little bit of uh, a little bit of ground in the money games. Right. So it's kind of, I don't know. That was always a weird thing for me. I kind of felt and you were in the area too. So I was always like, damn, that's a strange rule that we were not hitting out of the bunkers, but yeah, no, man, COVID COVID, honestly, man, I don't, I, <clears throat> your handicap could, I don't care what you tell me your handicap is during the time of COVID. I, I don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll yeah. go play golf now and then your handicap matters because COVID, there were so many bogus rules. There were some golf, strange things going on did, during that time. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Although we depended on it so much, man, like, and, and I'm so grateful for, for the fact that we were able to get out there and play. It was not golf that no. we were playing. We yeah. were catering to the vacationer at that point with a pool noodle in the cup and yeah, the uh, pool noodle too. Nice to get out there yeah. and swing the club around, man. But to imply any rules or anything, unless you're in a tournament, yeah, that's tough to do. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. We were playing a different game. It was. It was kind of kind of different <laughs> at that time. I'm grateful that we're back to where we are, <laughs> Casey. We ever see anybody dump a cart? Like, you always see these oh like God, dude. you always see these like people pulling or like their bag out of the water or something like that. People pulling a cart out of the water it just gets like I always <laughs> wonder how these things have happened. And I saw Carlo Koliakovo, who we've actually had on the pod before. So um, oh, that's cool, man. He's one of my yeah, yeah. Carlo's great, man. He, yeah, he's always kind of fishing fishing the pond out at Rattlesnake and stuff like that. So he had some really cool stories. But he's he was telling me that somebody dumped a cart uh, like right around when he came on the pod have you ever seen anything like that yeah 
<laughs> so luckily I haven't seen anything too serious because there is, I, and I don't want to put too much light on it. Like, I don't want to make jokes too many, like too many jokes about it because like there has been some pretty shitty situations. Right. Where right. Where, uh, where, yeah. But, uh, there's, I've, I've been lucky enough just to see the kind of funny ones. Um, so the private course I worked at, yeah, guy kind of just went in sideways. He was looking out at his buddy yelling at him and, just drifted the cart off to the right and buried it in. Um, pretty easy to pull it off, right. pull it out. But um, guy was humiliated. Uh, of course, thing man. was that you get you get a decent tip out of that though because you're you're going in the water to get his clubs out and ship for him, so he nice. gets you a nice tip. Um, the funny thing, so I, I, well, another cart situation. Uh, we'll go to the bags next. Uh, the other cart situation was at the course I'm at now. We had a guy, I guess, missed one of the bridges. We've got like six foot deep creeks and okay. he drove right off, right off the bridge into this Ooh. shallow Creek. So like it's six feet deep ditch, but like maybe eight inches of water and just nosedive the thing completely into the bottom of this six foot Creek off the bridge. Um, he do okay out of that one. Like he, that's a bit of a drop, so, man. Apparently had some, some good chest, I guess in his chest hit the steering wheel pretty good. Yeah. So his chest was pretty sore. Um, the funniest shit though, man, is, you know, those, uh, fucking, those remote control carts that yeah. they got there, the, the remote control caddies that they got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those things are hilarious, man. A berry or oh, there you go. Bleep that one out. At my first course, um, they rented them all out, right? Okay. So they all ended up being on the same frequency if they got too close to each other. So one guy would be driving it from the par three, and the other guy would be driving it from the par five, vice versa. And this guy's uh, remote would take over the guy on the par five's remote. <laughs> that's some of the funniest shit i've ever seen in my life when you see these things going straight for the greens and then all of a sudden they turn around and start heading perfectly for each other's greens yeah so like the guy on the par five now has control of the guy on the par three and the guy on the par three now has control of the guy on the par five but they're both trying to get to each other's greens and the only thing in between their greens is a fucking pond <laughs> That's it's like the, the golf cart apocalypse, man. Like, Dude, it is. And they, like, there's nothing yeah. that they can do. And I've been out there on the Toro sitting there looking at them just like, uh, there's uh, nothing I can do. There's nothing they can do. Yeah. Those carts are just doomed. And that honestly happened a dozen times in my four years there, five years there. That that's, happened a dozen times. That's so just bizarre, carts man. Just going straight in like R2-D2 committing suicide in <laughs> these ponds. <laughs> it's it's funny but like obviously it wouldn't be too funny if you got a couple thousand dollar bag on there or uh yeah even more man when you get into all the gadgets i don't know like you'd that. be an underpaid you'd be you'd be an underpaid greenskeeper dude and, and and watch these rich guys come in and play every <laughs> single goddamn day at nine o'clock in the morning and yeah. watch their bag go in the water i think you're not gonna be too upset <laughs> no nah, it'd be pretty funny it'd be Sorry. pretty funny there's gonna be a couple things maybe left in there too if you want to go for a dip right so i got it yeah, i got a buddy who's probably tossed a putter too so yeah yeah yeah, you go out there and fish out the bag, and you're like, yeah, you just drop the Scotty in the pond, and you come out with everything, 13 clubs, and you're like, that's all I got, sir. And then you go scuba diving after your shift and grab the asshole Scotty. I like it, man. I like it. It's uh, 
I don't know. They, uh, I just, I didn't realize that they would be like possessed like that, but it, it'd be pretty fun to watch. Oh, be, well, it's, yeah. it's like when you buy your own, like when you go, there's brands that you buy from golf town stuff. When you buy your own, you're, you're a lot better off because you're on your own frequency. I yeah. guess we're renting them out. We're renting out 200 of these damn things yeah. Yeah. all on the same remotes. And yeah, it was just, just bound too, software, it's, software. It's issues bad setup, man. They don't do it anymore. They don't do it anymore. But um, it was quite it was quite funny, man. All right, we're in conversation with Casey from the Real Turf Crew. Casey, this one's great, man. This is like such a good insight into uh, a world that I just never expected. I feel like you could even work in this uh, environment, and you just—I don't know. I feel like we got pretty in depth in there, but we got a couple Instagram questions. If you don't mind, if you got a couple minutes, um, yeah, absolutely. Man. I figured this one might pop up. Favorite track you've ever played or visited? Well, I've been quite lucky, man. So, like, I uh, went and did a tour over there in Scotland um, in 2019, just before COVID shut us all down. Um, oof, man, that's a tough one. I So, I played every course at St. Andrews except for the old course because I wasn't willing to do that sleepover. Right. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard about that. Yeah, a good buddy of mine, he, uh, he was telling me a, a story about that. I've got a couple buddies who have done it and... They all seem to be going out like between like three and six a.m. So it's Dude, uh, that was a lot later than my buddy. So my buddies ended up playing it, but they they were out there at like eight o'clock at night. Yeah, and I was like, "That's too early, dude." And sure enough, like five people showed up around ten thirty, eleven o'clock, and they're lucky because only seven of them got out the next day. Yeah, that's not too bad. And. The funny thing is, though, is they're, they're sitting there freezing their ass off until 6.30 in the morning when the starter shows up. Starter shows up and goes, you guys are off at 7.15. Yeah. <laughs> so they have to put all ass to the hotel. Yeah. Anyways, back. Um, so I didn't play the old course. Um, played Jubilee, Eden, the new yeah. course. Uh, we went over and played Carnoustie and King's Barnes. Yeah. Um, and then we played Crail Society. Uh, so Crail's beautiful golf course out there. I'm honestly going to have to say Kings Barnes, man. Okay. I was going to say like Carnoustie's got like one of the top, like ranked par threes, like in golf. I think it's, Oh, I it. Yeah. You don't even notice it when you play it with that golf course, man. Like as much as it's so iconic, the whole, the, 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 just the land that you're on, you can feel, and that's not even just Carnoustie actually. That's, yeah, that's every golf course in Scotland. When you're when you're sitting there with a golf club in your hand, man, it's it's powerful, dude. Yeah, you know that you're on some like royal land, playing 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 the game that you love. It's yeah, cool. man. It's like, well, that's where the game started, right? That's where the most history exactly. is. It's uh, like I know one of the guys I work with. He's always telling me about how his uh, grandfather, great grandfather, was in in the war there. And that's where they did some of their training was right on the, uh, like right on the, it might've been the first hole at the old course. And they, that's the only time the course has been shut down in, well, we're at 600 years or so, I think now. Right. So it's pretty crazy, man. Crazy amount of history that's there. But, uh, we got, if you well, could, you know, this, did you, did you know this about the old course, man? Like when I was out there, we showed up on a Saturday night and, uh, so yeah, when we woke up on the Sunday, I didn't know this until I got there. So the The old course is shut down, and it's a public park on Sundays. Yeah, 
Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Dude, it's the craziest, coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. There's people running around throwing frisbees to their dogs and just having picnics out on, on the most iconic golf holes that you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And and then and then at, at night there's college kids just slamming bottles of vodka off Swilkin Bridge. <laughs> do they do anything to try and like limit uh people like get on the greens or anything, or is it just kinda like dude, everybody has an understanding dude, and respect is, it? And that's the cool thing about the, the, the landscape over there and, 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 and what you're dealing with from from an agronomy point of view, from my point of view, is like it's literally like it was put on the planet by God or whoever you believe in to be a golf course. Right. Like you can walk on that green. You can, you can do anything you want whenever you want on that. Like those are some of the most resilient and, and, and tough turf that you could ever, ever step across, man. Like it's, it's really cool. Like as much as they put a lot of work into maintaining it and making it as beautiful as it is, it's so tough. Like it's, yeah, these guys are driving across it and yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, man. Well, I guess <laughs> being like, cool you know, being into it's like 600 the year, maybe even more by now, but, uh, guess, yeah. yeah, it might be over 700 years old, but it's just yeah, been beat up. Cool. Right. So it's seen it all. Like it's seen it all by now. Right. So there's nothing that, uh, would surprise that ground. Right. And it's, you know, there is a science that goes into it. Like, you know, kind of like you're doing, but it's, it's kind of just, uh, it's kind of seen it. It's been able to, um, you know, take whatever comes its way and, and grow back and be resilient. Like you said, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. if you could work at, it faces uh, the winds off that, that fucking sea all the time. Yeah. Right. So it, well, we see it in like the 150th open was there. Right. So it's like, it's wild looking at some of that stuff, man. They're hitting like 450 yard drives on one hole and then they're hitting 220 yard drives on the next, right? Depending on which way they're going. But uh, I didn't grab any names here. So sorry for anybody who sent me uh, the questions. I, uh, I did not. So back to that guy, Kings Barnes. If, yeah. you, if you if you look up a course, man, Kings Barnes, if you're ever in Scotland, hit that up. Um, if you do want a course in Ontario, because I'm assuming some of your, some of your followers are yeah. from Ontario. Um, let me... Um, It's a pretty oh, deep man. list. I have here. a tough time not saying Mad River, dude. And okay. I'm, and I've got like a hard, yeah. I've shot really well there, so I, I want to say Mad River. I know it might be difficult for you to get out there. It's a private course, I'm pretty sure, but that's no, I've one got, hell of a uh, golf course. I haven't played it, but I got a good friend, Anthony Spagnoli, who's on a. Uh, He's on the uh, score golf uh, panel and he's played out there and he posted some really beautiful photos of it, man. It's uh, yeah. it's a pretty good looking track. Um, if you could work at any course, what would it be? Any course. So I'm going to, I'm going to like I'd, mix I, this I, I in would, maybe. I would have to go and I would have to do this and I'm, I, I'd be very disappointed if I don't. And I hope Scotty, I hope you're watching this, man. Um, <clears throat> I hope you do stumble across this. I want to go to TPC Scottsdale, man. Okay. That yeah. is like Scott Heaves, that guy, Hebert, he's a amazing talent. He, he's young and he's fired up just like I am. And, uh, so like it's, I'm in a cool climate, um, like cool season kind of turf yeah. industry. Um, totally different style of like, there's a different world down there. And, uh, yeah, if I could work at any course, man, it'd be TPC Scottsdale. And that's me shunning out the obvious of Augusta because yeah. like really 
you know I'm going to work at Augusta if I was given that opportunity. But TPC Scottsdale, I think that's a realistic one for me. And I figured yeah, this I one might imagine the things I've learned. This question might kind of go with it, but uh, favorite event that you could plan. So if you were going to plan a like a PGA Tour event or whatever it may be, feel like it might be at Scottsdale as well. <laughs> Maybe the Masters or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe because I'm young and I'm fired up, man. I love the energy that like you guys, all you golfers, and and, and everybody brings to it. I feel like the, the greens crew gets a lot of attention at that event. And yeah, like fitting that it's this weekend. Yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it's a hell of an event, man. And I think that's kind of what I want to bring to my brand is that that atmosphere of golf. It's not the traditional like we don't have greenskeepers out here that are. Well, we do, but I, I want to kind of bring in the yeah. greenskeepers that are more laid back. We like to play golf too, guys. We're doing this for ourselves just as much as we're doing it for you. We take pride in it, but we like to have fun. And so, yeah, I would say TPC Scottsdale, give me, give me the least management the Phoenix Open. That's pretty awesome, man. It's hard to, uh, hard to beat. And I feel like you could squeeze you down a couple, uh, couple of cans of beer and you, I feel like you wouldn't mind. You're pretty laid back. It wouldn't, uh, wouldn't hurt you too bad. I know, like I, I think I think I'd have a lot of fun. Hopefully, I'm not squeegeeing the beers off the greens. We'll get somebody else to do that. But, uh, <laughs> man, I know yeah, when Sam maybe Ryder I'll, made maybe that. I'll, maybe I'll be the one tossing a few beers. <laughs> exactly, man. Like last year when Sam Ryder made that hole in one, and people were just firing beer cans. Man, there was so much drama. Like I, I felt like I got so many DMs of people being like, "What do you think about this?" And and like oh. I like. I never thought of it from like the turf. Dude, there's so many nutrients yeah. in that goddamn beer that benefit that grass. Yeah, there we go. There's it. wheat, like, and uh, barley, and all that I'm, stuff I'm built in. Yeah, with that, man. yeah. Grow beer, man. yeah. Enjoy yeah. the event. There's not too many yeah. like that on the PGA Tour that you can. So no, there's not. You got to set it apart. We, they. I don't want to say we. They pay people, and our volunteers are there to yeah. clean up after that kind of mess. I love the spectacle, man. We we love the attention of it, and and honestly, I feel like the turf industry got kind of like praise like praise they did man they did yeah. after that because like we were out there cleaning up they were out there cleaning up i don't want to say that as turf guys that could have just been regular volunteers but they were out there cleaning that up and making it playable within minutes yeah. so i think that's awesome and i say hoorah keep it up now nah, man i like how you say we casey it kind of uh i don't know it makes it feel like a like you say like a community like a group man and um you know, I really appreciate like you taking the time. We've been in here over an hour. This has been a lot of fun, man. It's like the real turf crew over on Instagram. If you haven't checked them out, you probably have. If you haven't checked them out, go over, man. It's the most satisfying page in golf. Like if you're a golfer, it's uh, it's literally as satisfying as it can get. So we're going to be uh, popping this up. If you're listening to this now, it might be the second round of the waste management open. So go over, check it out. Show, like show some those guys some love. Cause they, uh, they do a lot of good work there, man. And I like how they, uh, they do like I follow their page, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, like their Instagram, and they do like post quite a bit of the guys cutting pins and stuff like that. It's cool, man. I really like to uh, to see it, and and it's like a spectacle out there, and it's really there's there's stars, man. I don't know if that's the guy you're talking about. His name is Scott, but it's it's cool to see, man. It's a lot of fun to see. Yeah, yeah. So that is what I'm talking about, Scott, and then he's got his his pup out there. His pup's pretty famous yeah. out there, uh, Rye. So Rye of Scottsdale on Instagram. If you guys are listening, make sure you give. Uh, Make sure you give them a follow too, because they're pretty awesome. I love seeing the pictures that they post. Yeah, there was one at Pebble, um, uh, Pebble last week too, and and I tagged Jeff, who's the uh, the super out at uh, at Port Hope there, because I got the golf around a like I played around a golf with him and his uh, pup Bauer. It was pretty cool, man. It was really cool. 
Yeah. It's, it's like so this weekend at, 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 at Scottsdale, though, man, I got to tell you, there's, and, and if I can give a quick shout out right now to whoever's listening, um, there's a lot of big talent from the turf side of things. There's a lot of big talent there um, just because it's such a big event. Um, so shout out to you guys. Uh, thanks for all the work you guys are putting in. Love it. Um, excited to see the the product that you guys produce. Well, thank you, Casey. This was great, man. We got to do this again because, uh, yeah, we no, might we have do, man. we yeah. might have to plan like a deeper after dark because I know there's things hiding in there that we uh, that we got to talk about. But it's uh, it was cool, man. It was really cool to get kind of a perspective on uh, the game we all love. If you're listening to the spot, especially if you're following us 100, you know, 60 minutes or into this one, 70 minutes into this one, you're uh, you're enjoying it, like, and you enjoy the game just as much as we do. Um, like I know I got a buddy Brian Connor who's probably listening to this when he listens to all our pods. He uh, always texts me about like different parts of them, and he's kind of a true golf passion. Like he loves the game like we do, and it's kind of cool to see the perspective of uh, what goes into kind of putting it together for us, man. So you know, for me and all the other golfers listening to the pod, Casey, man, appreciate what you, your team, all the other guys are doing, all the uh, hardworking men and ladies that are out there, kind of getting up early to. Uh, put together the course for us man it's amazing and and they do try to keep it easy on or take it easy on us they're not all evil i like it <laughs> yeah we're players too guys like we're not going to set it up for disaster if we if we're planning on playing at 2 30 right but uh don't get me wrong there's a few days and that's one thing i did actually want to mention i know we're wrapping things up here but uh when you were mentioning like do you guys ever like set terrible pins and yeah you're talking kind of about the greenskeeper revenge thing um so one trick that I learned as a pin setter was if I was ever getting caught by, by, by golfers. So that's another pet peeve of mine is if you tee off earlier than the, the, the first tee. Down. Okay. All right. Cause we're trying to get that house dressed up for you. And if you're, if you're coming in early, then that's kind of like, what the hell's the point? Uh, so yeah, one thing that I kind of learned early was you set a couple difficult pins, you slow that golfer down pretty quickly. That's true. So if you guys want, if you guys want easier pins, maybe keep, keep, Tee it off at your uh, designated tea time, all right? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Casey, this was great, man. The Real Turf Crew over on Instagram. Uh, it's in the bio. If you want to go follow the page, you got to go follow the page. You must go follow the page. Uh, link is down in the description. Um, this was great, man. We got to do it again. I appreciate it, man. Cheers, man. He's out in my ball and of course I tee up. I lose a ball and I re-up. I miss a fairway, I probably end up in the ocean or maybe the beach. And I'm on a part five and I'm finna go reach it. Second was blind, I see it. Feel like it might be an average. I was working scenario.